It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to, Welcome to Mile High Hockey Lab. Mile High Hockey Lab. Hello and welcome to the Mile High Hockey Lab. It sounded like the intro song, just like, you know, on the record machine when they turn it to the slower speed. That's what our intro sounded like for a second there. This is Adrian Hernandez of the Mile High Hockey Lab. We are going to talk Colorado Avalanche hockey. We have a uh, more than a few topics to cover today to include previewing potential playoff matchups, rehashing our bold predictions from last week, see if we can crown any bold prediction winners. I don't know. I don't think we had any, but We'll find out. And um, a couple of other things in regards to just how the Central Division is going to shake up, shape up for the Colorado Avalanche. Um, so <clears throat> let's get right into our first segment. Um, and I titled it, Are the Avalanche on the Road to a Repeat? Um, and I want to add a little context to that title. Um, last week, Jared Bednar mentioned that it's, um, I, and not to quote him too closely I'm not these aren't quotes but to paraphrase he essentially said that this Colorado Avalanche team is going to have to win a Stanley Cup in a different form than last year's club just given their makeup um, and I'll start with you Jackie K first off thank you for joining me today hello yeah I can hear you loud and clear <laughs> <laughs> good so to you first of all how did you take those comments from Jared Bednar and secondly um, what what to you doesn't mean for the avalanche to win a different way. What kind of way of winning is that? Um, I thought the conversation was interesting. That was actually one of the few um, pieces from Bednar that we've been able to hear over the last week or so. And it was a conversation on that the depth is different. And I think it was interesting that he admitted it. Like he basically said that the team was stacked last year and they don't have that kind of team anymore and and so like I said it was interesting that a he admitted it so I think what that means is um and it is funny because this week we we have seen some depth scoring so it does still happen but I just think um can't rely on it as much and I think they're gonna have to be even defensively better than they were last year just because they won't be able to outscore deficits as much so that's kind of how i took his comments what about you evan and evan thank you for joining me today of course of course um well i mean i put this hat on for a reason uh, <laughs> because they are on the road to a repeat at least i would think so anyway and you know as jackie kind of already touched on it is pretty crazy that bednar did just to straight up admit it and you know we know we know it's different this year right um that's kind of just been how it's been We've just been knowing that it's going to be different. You don't have an Andre Burakovsky or an Azam Kadri. And right. then on top of that, you have all of these injuries that are going on, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, to, to do it in a different way um, will be beneficial for sure. And like you said, we already got the depth scoring this week, um, the last couple of games. Right. Um, I was almost there on my bold prediction, which you can get to later. But um, Me too. Man. But yeah, <laughs> get that later. Yeah, I, I think – 
I mean, being close on your bold prediction is pretty awesome considering last week's bold predictions, I felt like were pretty bold indeed. So, um, and then like Jacobs, I'll just say it now, his couldn't have been right because Jojo never got a start because Frankie came back. So he's, he's, he's going to get off, off scot-free in this week's version of bold (laughs) predictions. But yeah, so I, I agree with both of you. I feel like and Jackie, I, I agree with you that that it was more more than more than anything an interesting conversation and kind of interesting to see and hear Bednar kind of acknowledge what I wouldn't say it's the elephant in the room, but it's like we all know that this team is different than last year's team. And I especially thought it was interesting that he said it's a dangerous game to compare the two of them, and that you know last year's team doesn't come around a lot. So basically, he's acknowledging that. Just the makeup of the roster itself was deeper. Like you said, there's a little bit more depth to last year's roster. I think, though, the difference um, and where I could see them winning in a different way could come on the back of some more stout goaltending than we've seen in previous playoffs past. Uh, Jackie, what do you think? Um, is Gorgiev an upgrade in net, or do we still not know until the postseason comes around? If you If you feel that way, why or why not? I would say yes, but that's a good point that you make that um, the proof will be in the pudding in the postseason. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say yes, and and it is interesting that their numbers are similar, and I think we touched on this last week, that I do feel like a lot of it is the system. And so uh, when they're bringing in goalies that are good fits for the system, I think then in turn the system helps them. But I just feel like Georgiev's a little bit more reliable um like Kemper had those weird injuries and things that kept happening to him and and it was funny like every time I turn on a Washington game in the beginning of the year it was like the same kind of stuff like getting poked in the face and equipment just weird stuff so I I just think he's he's a little less drama I think he's a little bit more of a calming presence and he's been healthy correct me if I'm wrong I don't Mm -hmm. think knock and big time knock on wood that he hasn't been injured this year. Um, So I just think with so much drama surrounding the team, like who's going to play and this and that, just Georgiev has been such a solid, consistent Mm -hmm. presence that, and I think we talked about this before, he kind of gets overlooked a little bit for it. So for that reason, I prefer Georgiev a little bit more. And I think his advanced statistics are slightly better than Kemper's. So I think he's also proven a little that he's giving a little bit more in that area, but yeah. um, I think they're still comparable. But mm-hmm. yeah, I do favor Georgiev. Yeah, they're definitely statistically comparable for sure, especially in the regular season. <clears throat> Excuse me. We won't know, like you previously mentioned, about Georgiev and his his playoff uh, prowess uh, for another week's time and then some. But I will say, just just I mean, I I don't like to use this term, but I will. Like the eye test for Gorgiev, it just feels like he's a lot less leaky. Like he does get beat just like any good goaltender sometimes gets beat. But he doesn't kind of – like the ones he's supposed to stop, he does. And I don't know – and I know Kemper was injured in the playoffs and and to the eye especially can affect just how leaky a goalie is. But I felt like there was a little little bit of a lack of confidence in him in some instances given that. Um, Evan, tell me, are you – like me in the thinking that Gorgiev has at least at the very least been a regular season upgrade from Darcy Kemper. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. Look at the, look at the LA game. I mean, yeah. he is the reason why the Avs won that game. Simply mm-hmm. put, simply put. So 
you know, of course there is always going to be the question of can he do it in the playoffs? I mean, we had that same question with Kemper last year, even though he'd been in the playoffs, you know, as a younger goal. I mean, he was part of that 2014 rotation against the Minnesota Wilds when the Avs right. got beaten seven. So, you know, it's, it's not like he'd been there before, but it's a matter of can he do it, right? And I think that might be kind of the same question with Gurria because I don't think he played – one game with the Rangers at all last year right. in the playoffs. Cause I think it was just, just, just jerking all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I don't think he has played in the playoffs like at all, like not even like a, a com- like coming in in relief appearance, you know, I wonder, I want, so, I want to say he has four playoff appearances. Gorgiev. I want to say, yeah. I mean, yeah, not, not many. Right. No, so no. yeah, there's always going to be that question, but I mean, when you, I mean, going back to the kind of the overall picture of like, this team versus last year's team, they are very different, right? I mean, we already yeah. kind of touched on it. We were spoiled last year with, with everything. I mean, that's part of winning a championship is you have to have all the right pieces come together at the right time. And that's, mm-hmm. that, that's what happened. Right. Um, it was, I guess, kind of fantasy land, I guess that it all worked out perfectly the way that it did. Um, so now this time you have to go through a little bit of intensity, a little bit of grit, go down a different route, the, the path less known. Right. Yeah. For um, us. <laughs> exactly. I mean, th- yeah. this is I mean, it's it's kind of what Tampa did last year or yes. not last year, but their and second their year repeat. when they won the cup. Yeah. Exactly. They had to do it a different way. So now the ads have to try and do it a different way. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out, of course, um, you know, with a different team, of course. And, you know, as Jackie already mentioned, knock on wood, it all depends on on the injuries, too, which yep. I think we could also probably touch on, too, towards the end of the show. For sure. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get to that because I feel like that's what's most pressing heading into the playoffs. Um, and just to correct myself, Gorgiev has two playoff appearances. I don't Ooh. think it doesn't look he's allowed two goals in those two playoff appearances. He has one loss, and one of them didn't register as a win or a loss. So I imagine. So then, yeah, he came in he for came that in, one game. <clears throat> exactly. So, you, you, like you said, that's essentially nothing. Um, so. And I did listen to NHL satellite radio this afternoon a little bit just to see how the national folks and the North American folks are considering Gorgiev. And this, and there's the jury is still not out for them. Um, they they mentioned that in the Shesterkin journey was Gorgiev kind of faltering towards the end of uh, Shesterkin, while Shesterkin, I should say, was getting better. And that's kind of how Gorgiev lost the net back to Shesterkin. I don't know how I necessarily feel about that being like something that's incredibly telling, especially for a guy in that situation um, with a goalie who I did he win the Vesna last year, correct? Shisterkin. Um, so when you're backing up a Vesna caliber goalie, like it's easy to say, oh, he he fell off when Shisterkin was coming on when it might have just been a lot of Shisterkin coming on. Jackie, what do you think? Is there something to take away from the Igor Shosturkin and Alexander Gorgiev dynamic and kind of how that settled? Or do you think this is a totally different situation? Well, not like I followed the Rangers closely, but I believe that Shosturkin was seen as like a very top prospect after what he'd done in Russia. Like, I know it was like Mm -hmm. a huge deal that they even got him signed. Like, it wasn't like, oh, he was just in North America and then suddenly became good. Like, they were ready and waiting for it. So, they were always going to give him the net is my understanding of the situation. And so it wasn't, it was never like, a, Oh, we'll just see which one of these two is like the guy. I think once he came over, it was like, unless we were just totally wrong and he, and the success doesn't translate. Like this is the guy that we're going to roll with. Interesting. And yeah. so 
so like I said, to me, it wasn't really like a competition unless like something crazy happened. So I think that that's kind of how like that played out because it did take him a few years to come over. And so I think that was a big question, but once they finally got him to agree, and I think it was very similar story for Sorokin as well. It's like, like they knew once either of these guys showed up that they were going to be like a big deal. That's interesting. I didn't really know that that was, I mean, I know that Igor was pretty, pretty highly touted, but I guess I didn't really pick up on the fact that there wasn't really much of a competition that it was kind of like, we'll see Gorgiev's contract through. And we know that Shosturkin is kind of the next guy. I always kind of perceived it as a competition, but I could, I could see based on how it's settled that there's kind of proof in what you're saying. Um, Cause I, I, I mean, obviously Shosturkin came and did his thing, but, but, Alexander Gorgiev has the potential to do almost the very same thing this season for a different team. I think I remember them saying once we made the trade for him that like they were even going to qualify him because they couldn't pay to keep him around as like even their backup. And so like the year previously they were willing to trade him, but they wanted more. They wanted like a first for Gorgiev and they weren't getting that. And so then it kind of came to a head the following year when um, they really they were even contemplating not even qualifying him because they couldn't pay him. And so they were kind of glad to get anything for him. So it was like one of those gambles where maybe the Avs could have waited and, and seen if that QO didn't happen. But that's pretty risky. Like, I don't know. They always say they're going to do that. But yeah. I remember that was the very same thing with Burakovsky as well. Like, Washington was very close to not qualifying him. So it was uh, a really like, um, you know, kind of a gamble there. But, I mean, obviously the, what the Avs did was the right call. But, like, they were definitely done with him, as I guess what I'm saying. Like, they made their decision, and they were never going to pay Georgiev. So they are kind of ready to move on. Yeah. I, that's right. I'm, I remember that now. I remember that when the initial trade was, was announced. And also the fact that I think – I know there are at least some Ranger fans, too, that were upset that he wasn't sticking around. Um, I mean, it's not like he would have started anyway, because I mean, you have Igor freaking Shosturkin, but <laughs> to have a have a good backup goaltender at least, probably. But alas, you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just excited that Gorgiev seems to be at least heading into the playoffs. He has the potential to steal some games. Um, we've seen it. We saw it against LA, for example, and LA might be a, a potential playoff um, matchup. So we know that he has the capability. I don't buy that he's he gets worse when the stakes get higher because I, I can't I can't imagine the stakes being any higher than when you're just named the starter after being traded to another team right off the bat. Um, and the champs. <laughs> so right. I'd imagine expectations in his own mind are already as high as they can get. And now the 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 bar is still there. He still has to do better than Darcy Kemper, and Darcy Kemper won the Stanley Cup. So he's just gonna I, I think that. It's brought the best out of him, um, at least in the scenario in Colorado. And and his performance has me wondering, as well as with Frankie coming back and making his his return, her return um, in the last game, I wonder if Gorgiev could benefit from a little bit of a spell heading into round one. Um, and I used kind of that logic to set up the poll of the week this week. And if you folks are listening or watching, please head over to Twitter and follow us at Mile High Hockey or at MHH underscore lab. You can find the polls on our Mile High Hockey Lab Twitter. This week, this week's poll reads, is it more important to make sure this Avalanche team is fresh heading into the postseason 
or to make a strong push for the division title and ride the wave, meaning play your starters in order to do so. Um, Jackie, I'll start with you. What's your answer to this poll and why? Um, it was the go for it, but there's definitely caveats to that, I'd okay. say. Um, I do feel like that Nashville game, the back-to-back, they might not have much to play for in that one, so I could definitely see resting to a point. The other thing is, like, you can't, like, just pull 10 guys out of the lineup. Like, right. they can't even like, bring that many up. Yeah. Right. So it would be a few here and there. And so then, like, anybody that's dealing with something, right. I think you should for, for sure think about it. Like, would you just straight up rest, like, let's say, Miko, even if he feels decent? You know, no, I'm sure mm-hmm. nobody feels amazing at this point. But, you know, like, not un- – nothing out of the ordinary like right and and plus you've also got to consider like mckinnon and rantanen going they already have reached a bunch of milestones but they could even get even further like mckinnon get the 40 goals or you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. so it's hard to say and like straight up i wouldn't want them to just miss this week because like that's too much time off so that's why i say like the Nashville game for sure. If if they don't like need those two points, that's probably a good one to take right. off. It would also be nice if they didn't even have to travel. Like that's mm-hmm. a back to back with travel. Maybe leave Keep some people home. home. Yeah. But like Makar, he's done. He's probably done, right? I don't think so. I I think he probably should play one. Okay. I I don't know. It's so hard to say because. It maybe also maybe he's on one that takes a trip in the Nashville game to get one, and then yeah. you can rest like Taze so that he gets one game. Because I feel like the defensive group is probably what needs rest more than the forward group, just based on who's in and who's out. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but the other thing that kind of intrigues me about this whole should you should you just rest guys now situation, which I don't necessarily think that's the best case or the best idea based on how the Avs are rolling right now, but I find it interesting. So Seattle, the the Pacific um, Division is so totally not settled, and that also includes the wild card race. So it's almost like even if the Avs win the division, they don't really control who the matchup is going to be. Um, it could very well be the Kings. It could, <laughs> what a prize, right? It, like it, 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 it could, it could absolutely work that way. Um, it, it could also be a case of like Vegas falls to two for whatever reason, because Vegas has back-to-back games against the Oilers. I believe I can't remember. It's another divisional opponent to end their season. Essentially the, the Kraken now are the team. It was the Winnipeg Jets a couple of weeks ago. Now it's the Kraken that depending on how they fare in the next few games, that's totally going to change the way the West sets up. So I'm super intrigued by that fact. And if that's the case, Evan, does it matter if you win the division or should you just prioritize having fresh skaters heading into the first round? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, because I mean, I'll just, I'll be straight up right now. I don't want LA. I don't want right. LA. I don't want them like that would, Whew, that would I I did not anticipate that happening you know two weeks ago right um so I guess to to answer your question then um I wouldn't want to stop the form that they're on right now um right. kind of like Jackie already mentioned um with how they're doing with how they're rolling um keep playing the same guys right mm-hmm. 
may, I mean, obviously, of course, if someone's dealing with something, then obviously pull them out. Right. Um, but you know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be rough no matter what. Right. right. Um, I guess, I guess really then the, the question is, do you want to face a Seattle or an L, like, do you want to face a Seattle slash LA or do you want to face a Dallas slash Minnesota? Right. Right. And those, those, Ooh, that, they're both that's like that that's appealing. like choosing between my children like <laughs> yeah, which one like I, I want and like don't yeah. want you know that's mm-hmm. a really tough cha- that's a really tough choice to make yeah, and i've right. said before it's something, like, it's something the ads can't do right like i don't think winning the division is like the be all end all but then it's like it's right there like at this point go for you it you have it yeah you just you don't because like what you said evan you don't want to take away your own momentum mm-hmm. and so um well, that's 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 my vote. I feel like especially this season, given the way it's worked, we had such a like kind of like a I don't know, I'd say they had a downturn midway through the year when McKinnon was out. Um, and it felt like just recently they really came into and started looking, at least in terms of control of each of these games, like the team of, of last year, especially on the back end. But I'm going to lay out a few different clinching division clinching scenarios. And see if this, I guess, context changes your answers at all. Yeah, so, I was gonna say do that, and then I know there's also like the the clinching home ice advantage too. Uh, that's true. Also, yeah, yeah, that's that's true. So that that that'll play into what I'm about to say as well. So, Minnie and Dallas should win tonight. They're both playing. I think it's Chicago and Detroit. So those are pretty winnable games for two playoff teams. Um, that pretty much means that the Avs will have to win two of the three to at least compete for the division title um, with Dallas, but Dallas will have the tiebreaker if they get one more regulation win. So they'll have this tiebreaker secured. There's no way we can catch them there. So if we tie them in points, they still win the division. However, if Dallas loses two of three in regulation, the Avs will clinch with just one more victory. If Dallas wins two of three and the Avalanche, the Avalanche would have to win two of three to clinch. Um, and then there also comes into play over to- overtime losses. So if Dallas can't get at least four points over the next three games by any means, the Avalanche will secure the division victory. And if Minnesota doesn't earn three wins in their last three games, the Avalanche will secure the second seed at least. So there's your home ice advantage, at least in the first round. Um, what do you guys think? Does this context change your mind in any way or does it just prove your point? Yeah, I wouldn't say it changes much. Um, it does seem like a lot will be known even after tonight. I, yeah. And like you said, you assume they'll beat the easy teams, but you also never know. Like the Avs are pretty much definitely ahead of Minnesota at this point. Like you said, mm-hmm. Minnesota needs to win out to even be in that conversation anymore. So at this point, we're looking at the Avs one probably worst case scenario too so that's a pretty good position to be in mm-hmm. um it just seems like every day that goes by we'll know a little bit more uh but no it wouldn't change much i don't think i'd probably like to see them still try in the next two games i mean one you you definitely need to have a good effort against edmonton agreed and two you know uh the winnipeg game is the last uh, home game for now and then like Winnipeg still has something to play for. So I think that should be like a competitive game. I think the Avs should try in that one because there's still a scenario where they could face them. So um, not so much, but um, 
you know, we'll see how this week goes. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Like you say, day by day, if if we could um, possibly find out if Sackick could utilize his contacts and get into the ear of the GM for the Detroit Red Wings <laughs> to see if we could inspire a little bit and say like, hey, man, maybe I'll favor you a little bit in a trade if you guys really bring it out. Do a tribute or something to the 98 or 96 greats. And uh, yeah, so I'm hoping that Dal- if Dallas loses tonight, this conversation really changes because like you said, Jackie, you can pro- you probably want us to view Edmonton as the very last end-all be-all game where you you are absolutely pushing yourself to win i think like you said the winnipeg game can be as as important given that they are a potential playoff matchup but at the same time i feel like they might see themselves out before we get there um and that would change the tune for winnipeg as well so i think um for me this context slightly changes it um what about you evan i mean i i feel like it only proves my point kind of a further of just winning out. Oh, I just realized right? you are outside. Um, I know. I thought you had a background. That's how beautiful no. Colorado is. It's, be- oh, I, it's awesome. beautiful up here in Fort like Collins, that. so I decided I had to come out here. That's uh, awesome. I could stay inside. But anyway, yeah, okay, there's, been, sorry. there's been a few people going back and forth behind me. <laughs> it's awesome. But anyway, um, yeah, I feel like it just kind of proves my point of trying to win out, right? Yeah. And then, I mean, honestly, because I was talking about this with um, a couple of the Dallas people last night in our hockey Slack channel that we have going. Yeah. Uh, and comparing the Avs schedule, Dallas's schedule, and Minnesota's schedule, I honestly think the Avs have the hardest of that of the three because the Avs have not Winnipeg, Edmonton tomorrow, uh, Winnipeg Thursday, and then Nashville Friday. All three still in contention. Yes. Um, Dallas has Detroit tonight, obviously, and then St. Louis twice, um, yeah, but they're, it's on a back-to-back. Yeah, and right. so both like traveling, all that stuff. So that could play a role, perhaps. And then Minnesota has who did they have? They had Chicago, Winnipeg, and Nashville again. Right. So, um, I mean, I'd probably say out of the easiest, I would probably go like Dallas, Minnesota, Colorado. I would say mm-hmm. in that in that order, like top to bottom. Um, so that means but those easy teams aren't always so easy, like we saw exactly last yeah. night. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. So that, I mean, that I mean, that's what we're hoping for, right? Is that there is a slip up, like the Avs almost had against Anaheim. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, you're you gotta hope that um, St. Louis will do something. I mean, St. Louis has had such a down year that I feel like they're gonna be pesky with Dallas. Um, I do too. Like the last bit of pride um, mm-hmm. exactly they don't, they don't like dallas either <laughs> jordan bennington's gonna go out with one last hurrah by, yeah, it's possible by it chucking is. his stick at somebody um <laughs> but uh i mean so i mean there's that and then obviously you know minnesota is still they still at least even if they even though they have to win out to win the division i they're still gonna want home ice advantage for sure um right. so i feel like i feel like realistically right now um like obviously Winning the division would be huge for the Abs, um, but I don't. I feel like falling to third because that seems really hard to do right now. Yeah, that would be you know devastation. That really would be worst case scenario. That would mean Minnesota wins out and we basically only win a game. Exactly. So it's or not or not that. <laughs> this week is already huge in and of itself. I mean, I feel mm-hmm. like after tonight, especially with Dallas's game, that it's going to be that'll be a big you know, determination, um, especially after tomorrow night's game against Edmonton, that's also going to be a huge determination. Um, 
I mean, it's it's going to come down to the wire. And I think I'll also add on to this because that the Friday when when we played Nashville, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Avs are one of two games that night, um, and I think the other game was like, two teams from the East Coast. I think it might be like Columbus and like Philly or something like that. Like a game that doesn't matter. Um, so. <laughs> <clears throat> with the abs playing that Friday night and with Nashville possibly out of the picture by that point, you know, Jackie already mentioned, you know, Nashville could be, you know, just resting guys, go into the off season, be healthy rolling in the next season. Um, but then the abs will also know coming in what they have to do. Right. Like right. if, the, if both Dallas and the abs are tied on how many points would that be? 106, 108, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, you know, then the abs know, okay, we, we have to at least get a point out of this game, at least send it to overtime, right? Um, just get something out of it because, I mean, Dallas is going to have that tiebreaker. That's kind of the unfortunate part about all of this. Right. Um, and, you know, even it's crazy. I don't know. I was reflecting back on this earlier. It is crazy that Dallas has the tiebreaker for regulation wins. That they With also all have those like overtime. Six, yeah, like 16 yeah. overtime losses. Like that's yeah. ridiculous. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. I, I I mean I I'm gonna be watching particularly tomorrow night, of course. Um mm-hmm. it it'll help um that it'll be right in front of me quite literally. Uh thank exactly. you, yeah. Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> uh and uh, I'll be watching Friday's game too, depending on how scenarios lay out. Um so those are those are my two watch must watches for the rest of this week. Yeah, I agree with you. And, 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 you know, just to re, re, re elaborate, I guess is the word reiterate. I'm trying. Reiterate. There's reiterate. the word. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> Jeez, you're the host today. Um, the word. So just to reiterate my point with Seattle, which is funny if you think about this, Seattle could become the third in the Pacific and then play Edmonton in the first round, which I don't know if you want to do that, Seattle. Seattle could stay right where they are, but Edmonton could beat, Vegas and win the West and then play them anyway. They could play Vegas or they could be where they are and play or get passed up and which they would probably won't get passed up. So they're pretty much on a on a trip to Vegas or Edmonton as it sits. So have fun choosing between that. Um <laughs> and the Avs have a choice between what feels like LA, Winnipeg, maybe Calgary. They're hanging on by a thread. And then Dallas or Minnesota, or, or Minnesota, I guess, because I feel like Minnesota is a three. That's who. That's where they're going to be. They're not going to have home ice, so that sucks for them. Happy about it for me. Um, and I just, I, I really like the. I know we don't want the Kings, but I, that has a potential to be like a classic series if the Avs played the Kings in the first round, and the Avs played the Kings in a Stanley Cup season in the playoffs before, so it would there would be some history to it as well. Go ahead, Ab. Yeah, I was I was gonna make a point because I glossed over my mind when I was going on my rant. But um <laughs> Vegas. I yeah. I was actually standing standing standings standing yeah. watching last night. And I actually didn't realize that the Avs are only three points behind Vegas. Mm-mm. I thought yeah. it was I thought it was like five or something. And that's uh, that's right. another scenario. I guess the Avs could steal the West. I know. Which would mean that which would mean that we would play. So basically, it's there for them for Seattle. It's Avs, Vegas, or Edmonton. That's mm-hmm. yikes! Big yikes! That's a big yikes for Seattle. But yeah. like, yeah, I mean, to to go back to Avs and Vegas in the West. I mean, if the Avs manage to somehow leapfrog Vegas, wild, ridiculous. I mean, yeah, that would be unbelievable. I Only mean, in this, a season. This, 
Only in only, a season like this. Yeah, only in a season where Boston sets the record for for wins in a single season would oh, a, would would Jared Bednar not be considered for the Jack yeah. Adams Trophy with I, what yeah. he's done with this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They wouldn't so, though. It's sad. I know, right? It's like even though the Jack Adams is kind of a curse, so yes, yeah. we're we're doing fine without it. But <laughs> like they wouldn't even consider him, even if it wasn't that. It's yeah. just crazy. Like. You either have to have a new coach or have some like miracle team, which is usually miracle goaltending. That's the joke. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just sort yeah. by even strength save percentage, and like there's your, there's your Jack Adams, Jack Adams <laughs> award winner. Here, I'm 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 actually gonna look really quickly because I want to see what Vegas's last games are. I can't remember, and if I remember correctly, I remember seeing it somewhere. It was, I think the Avs have to win out, and then. Vegas has to drop, I think, one or two games. So that's um, that's that, that's then, what I was trying yeah. to think of. Seattle, it's Seattle and and Vegas for their last two games of their season. So like Seattle could win both of those games. That'd and, be crazy. And and steal a spot. And basically, if Edmonton wins inside that two two games, they could give Edmonton the division title. And then if the if they beat the Knights both times, the Owls could potentially still like it's just so so up in the air still, and it's game seventy nine. So yeah, I don't know what that says. Maybe that says the the format is right. I don't know. <laughs> it seems like um, it's a credit to Batman that there's still like eight different scenarios, right? Because that's everyone's left. like, oh, I well, say, Bos- but- Boston and and and. Uh, Tampa or Tampa and Toronto has been predetermined. Okay, well Boston won like is got like 180,000 points. So calm down. Like that's not because of the format. That's because we're seeing one of the most legendarily successful regular seasons, the most legendarily successful regular season of all time. And but that's it is what so boring next. that like 2 and 3 are just predetermined regardless. Yeah. Like we'll beat the, if 2 and 3 would beat the Bruins <laughs> <laughs> like I almost think like Tampa should have just tanked out into a wild card. I think that was one yeah. of the questions last week. Like, should Winnipeg have tanked to tank out of a? I forget exactly what it, the scenario was, but yeah. to to set their matchup. And it's like if anybody would ever consider that kind of scenario, I would think Tampa tank out to the wild card and then right. play the other division because they wouldn't Gosh. play Boston. They play the. Atlanta or the Metro winner, which we still don't even know who that's going to be. Right. So the craziness of the East. Yeah, exactly. The crazy. I mean, the the craziness of the East and and the the likelihood of seeing Toronto potentially lose to Tampa in the first round again is going to be must watch TV. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen again. I think Tampa will finally lose. Yeah. They're they've been so bad. Like I saw something about the second half of the season. Like they've been in in the group with like. Vancouver, like they just haven't even been good this whole second half, right? So maybe yeah, their I'm, times come. I'm, I'm sure we're gonna have a whole playoffs preview show next week. Exactly, we well, and, all of it, and uh, and and I have thoughts and opinions on that. So, well, that's a that's a good segue. <laughs> yep, that's a good save for later. Yeah, well, that's a, actually a good segue because I want to talk a little bit about uh, playoff performers last season that we didn't expect. And um, I wanted to see if the two of you have a take on on who we might see be uh, have kind of unexpected performances, maybe get some clutch goals or maybe some clutch defensive play that maybe Avalanche fans aren't currently expecting. Jackie, I'll start with you. Who, who's uh, who's on that list for you? 
pretty much like anyone outside the top line, right? Would right. be sort of that secondary, unexpected. Um, I really think this year might be more like the defense. Mm-hmm. I think aside from a car, nobody's really thought of as like critical scoring. And I think, you know, like Byron would be someone that I'd, cause he, he didn't even Not score you. a goal last. Of course. I was <laughs> yeah. But he didn't no, score a goal it. last yeah. playoffs. So yeah, he, he produced pretty, pretty well. Yeah, yeah. But he was. And then, so the goal scoring has been there for him this year. So I would say, like him scoring a few goals is maybe something that people don't expect, at least in a playoff context. Yeah. But I think also like what Taze and Gerard are able to do offensively, I think is probably something a little unexpected that could make a big difference. Yeah. I'm with you on Byram. That was my, that was my first thought because like you said, uh, uh, Makar is like your first thought when you think of offensive production from the back end. But I think we have seen Byram obviously in that he's got 10 goals this season. We've seen him kind of find, I think he's always had the shot. I just feel like he's gotten better at knowing when to use it. And yeah. And we've seen that just in his stat line. I think the same is honestly true about um, a guy that stood out in the la- in last year's postseason, JT Comfer and the one before really. Um, he seems he's obviously producing more. He's in a larger role in terms of ice time, and you know he's sometimes on the uh, power play and stuff like that. What is your expectation for JT Comfort, Evan, heading into the playoffs this season? Are you expecting him to kind of fulfill that two C, or is it going to be more of the same kind of where he's just on the brink of that? Yeah, I think is I I know you you put it in our script, and I knew exactly what right you were going down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, I mean, I think he is expect he, I mean, that's his expectation. now was to, is to perform points on the board, um, mm-hmm. because that's what he's done this season. Right. And so right. therefore, why would it be any different in the playoffs? Right. In fact, it's more important in the playoffs. So, um, you know, that's now his role, right. I guess he's kind of t- turned into the, for lack of a better phrasing, um, the, Naz- the Nazem Kadri role, um, and doing that. And so now who's coming in to fill JT, I would hope it would be Alex Newhook. Um, yep. I mean, that's just kind of how I feel like the lineage kind of goes with that. Um, but I also, I also want to watch um, like other forwards. Um, I really want to see what Evan Rodriguez can do mm-hmm. just because he has been so cold this, right. you know, second half of the season. Um, if he can warm it up and, and do really well in the playoffs. I mean, especially if Landis Gog, I feel like comes back, if those two are, are on a line together, um, Mm -hmm. I think that would be excellent. Um, I think that would really bring out the best out of Evan. Um, And I mean, I'd also maybe look at like a Dennis Mulligan, perhaps um, from like the fourth line. um, If that, if that so happens to work out. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of different players that you can look at. Um, I guess I'm, I'm looking more at kind of the, the forwards than the defense um, just because mm-hmm. the defense is still the same as it has been on last season in the, in the cup run. Um, of course, you know, just dependent on injuries. If Manson comes back and McCarr coming back and all of that jazz. Um, so I don't know if I really want, if I really, really wanted to be bold. Curtis McDermott, Stanley cup final <laughs> <game> seven <laughs> overtime goal. 
but no. yeah, that's if they crazy. get to yeah, if they get to the Stanley Cup final, needing to play him will be a disaster. And, and they're and they haven't been eliminated. That would it's a miracle. Be like the biggest story. <laughs> Do you believe in miracles? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you mentioned Evan Rodriguez and Alex Newhook, and they stick out in my mind in terms of potential unexpected playoff performers. Um, Jackie, what will what will that look like for Alex Newhook? Is does he have to get on the score sheet um early in the series, or is it more about like a timely goal for him? Yeah, you know, it's interesting to really try to articulate the um expectations. Right. Um, I mean, like an important goal would be huge that mm. but we hope for that for everybody, for right. everyone to have that kind of moment. Um I will say I think it's probably more important for him to do something in this playoffs than, than most guys on the roster because he has to bargain for himself, I guess, or, or, or I don't I, know, stick up for himself going into negotiations, I suppose. I almost feel he's kind of set in a range. It's probably like between two to three million. I don't know if there's anything unless he just completely goes yeah, crazy that's going to change it. Right? I do say it's important for him for like his reputation because mm-hmm. I think if he doesn't do much, he's really going to get, you know, a lot of crap from fans, mm-hmm. I think, and media. And so and, and I guess that's a, its own debate. Like, does it really matter what other people think? Like, I think the team and Bednar and everything, I, I don't think that it's going to fluctuate as much okay. in that regard. And so, it's more like outside opinion, but mm-hmm. for him, it would be nice to have that huge moment. I mean, just because Byron didn't score a goal. I mean, you heard about it all summer, like, oh, he's never going to score. His shot's not good. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's crazy what perceptions are set by what happens in the playoffs. And so, yeah, it can be really disappointing. Um, like a huge goal would be nice. Like a few points each series would, right. I guess what I'm hoping for, like if, if you could get like three points a series, I would be pretty happy with it. I think mm-hmm. that makes sense to me. Yeah. I, I, my thing with new hook is that I feel as though the playoffs could be the time for him. Not meant, not necessarily stylistically. Cause it seems like he's struggled sometimes in the playoffs. I mean, he got, I think he got healthy scratched a couple times to start last year. Yeah. Um, yep. So I feel like, what it really comes down to is how much Bednar trusts him in terms of that and in terms of his two-way abilities because you can't really be a liability even if you are somebody who can score. Like if if that comes at a cost, I feel like this time of year Bednar really has a sensitivity to that. So I think in these last few games is, is going to be important for, for New Hook and for Evan Rodriguez, who we previously mentioned, just to kind of solidify themselves in terms of their role in the eyes of their coaching. Um, we also saw Frankie come back. How do you feel he'll play into the postseason? Is this one of those situations where if Frankie plays the the less Frankie plays in the postseason, the better? I mean, mm. probably. <laughs> we yeah. don't want anything to happen to George. Yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, yeah. Cause if you see your backup come in, that means your starter struggling, right? Which is worst case scenario in the playoffs. So I think it could have been more of like a, try to mix mix them more like on purpose if Frankie hadn't have missed like this last chunk. Gotcha. Because I I think they were kind of going to 
more of a split. I, I think we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Jordy's still the starter at, in name, but it's cl- a little bit closer to split. But I think that's out the window now. Like they're just going to totally run with Georgie, which is fine. But I think like if they really had Frankie rolling, I, that would have been a little bit more of a luxury where I think maybe they would have tried to use him maybe here and there a little bit more. I know it's tough in the playoffs because it is a lot about momentum, but right. um, it does also seem like Georgie needs his mental rest from time to time. And um, if they just feel, were a little bit more comfortable, I think with really going with Frankie that could have been more of an option. Fair enough. It is. I still think it's important for the confidence of a starting goaltender to know Frankie's behind you um, in a playoff series. So that's, that's, I agree with you though, like given this situation and how he came back, it doesn't feel like it's really a one, a two or two a situation. And I don't think it ever really was. Although Frankie is near and dear to us here on this program and to all of Avalanche fandom, but I think he's just a legendary backup, and there's really nothing wrong with that. Probably the best backup in Avalanche history. Whoa, said it. But Ooh. I think it, it might be the truth, especially if they win a cup this year and he plays a role like he did in the in the last Stanley Cup run where he had Again, to spell yeah. Kemper because of injury. Um, I don't think there's much of an argument to be made, but let's move on to our open-ended segment. And um, we kind of touched on a little bit of injuries earlier and how that might play into this. So, Jackie, do you have any injury updates for us heading into tomorrow's game against the Oilers? Um, Sure, yeah, we can run it down. I know Evan put up a piece uh, on the site. Oh, yeah, that's right. So there's that to look at, too, if anyone's listening. Um, I was going to say, there's your your reference, Jackie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The most positive... um, I'd say it was Byron skated today. Right. Nobody else did. He was the only one, which that in itself was kind of interesting. So I take that as very positive. Like I think he looks even, fast even too. be possible that he could play tomorrow. Like that's the reason why you'd get out there. Like I think everyone has the day off. And so I think for him to really want to get on the ice and get, you know, get moving again would mean that he's not, like really trying to do that tomorrow. So then I think it's on the table. He plays, but obviously it depends what the it, issue. I mean, it depend, it, yeah. It depends on how he feels. Yeah, exactly. Was, what but I thought it was really good that he was out there. So yeah. that and I mean, be... the abs got back at like 2 a.m. too. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't blame them for not wanting to go, but oh, yeah. oh no, it probably was their day off. Like for sure. Which makes it even more interesting that he really wanted to get out there and get on the ice today. So I think that's positive. Um, Makar, we still, and we haven't really heard anything like, uh, you know, the coverage was pretty dark while they were in California. So I don't know. I don't really understand that, but that's how yeah, it was. In, but in Evan's article, he said that the injury was described as no timeline for return. Well, okay. <laughs> and I think that I, sounds more actually, ominous than, can I, I was going to yeah, say, can go I ahead. add on to it? Yeah. Cause I, yeah. I was going to say, cause who was it? I think both Kyle Fredrickson of the Gazette and then Bennett um, Durando from Denver Post were both out there in LA um, for like the last half. Um, and they, I think they had then asked Bednar and I think Bednar had considered it day to day now at this point. And um, I, you know, I was watching the TNT feed last night and they had a, they had a quick shot of Makar before the game Um who was in the bench on the bench, um, you know, no like pads or Jersey or nothing like that. Um, but he was doing just some puck work, um, from okay. the bench. So, I mean, his hands are fine as we already knew <laughs> that, but, 
Um, Which is good. We still yeah, need those. of course, of course, yeah. So, who knows? Who knows? Really? So, I guess I would consider it more day to day, day to day at this e- point. Evan, tell me about what you've seen from Arturi Lekkinen. I know he's been on the ice a lot, but um, he hadn't been on the ice with a stick in his hand up until recently. What's your evaluation of what we've seen from him? Yeah, I was gonna say he he came back last week. Um, okay. With his stick in his hand um, for the first time. It, I mean, he's been non-contact this entire time still. Um, we're coming up on that, I believe now, four or five week um, kind of timeline and that four to six week recovery for that broken thumb. Um, I mean, like everybody else, he was with the team, traveled mm-hmm. with them, did all of that. Um, so, I mean, I know, I think Bednar too had commented that he would like to have have him try and come and play one or two games this week. Um, yeah. But I think... If he's still non-contact by now, I think he would have to go non-contact. Or I think he'd have to be in a contact jersey by tomorrow, probably, like at morning skate, um, to then be considered maybe for one of those two games okay. um, against Winnipeg or Nashville. That's kind of the situation for Lekkonen too, right? Like we want – Bednar mentioned wanting to see him play at least potentially this week before season's end. Um, Jackie, what do you think um, – in in terms of the Josh Manson situation, um, he seems like the kind of guy who really needs a couple of games to like get up to speed. Um, maybe not like in terms of his physicality or anything like that, but I feel like when he first came to Colorado, he struggled with the system itself. I don't know if that's changed um, or if it is something where like playing in it is really important to maintain it. What do you think? Uh, I think it's more because like he missed a lot of time. Like okay. he was only back, I think, for six games or something mm-hmm. like that. So if you think about, it, he's basically been out since the beginning of December. Yeah. Except for that little return, um, that gets a little bit concerning because you really want him at like full go. Like, um, you know, like looking in somebody that's been able to skate and everything, and so it's just kind of like about how the finger feels or like how much pain he's going to tolerate. Like Manson, you have to be really concerned about like conditioning, game shape, and right. skating shape, and and it's going to be hard to like throw that in there in the playoffs, especially when you're realistically taking like Jack Johnson out of the lineup, who's been pretty solid since mm-hmm. he's come back. And so it's like how how good does Manson have to be to to be better than Johnson at this point? And yeah. so uh, so that that one's really iffy, also just because like he's missed so much time, you don't know how like he's He's he has skated I think with the team for about maybe a week maybe ten days but he it's not every day mm-hmm. I think there was one day last week that everybody like even Landy skated and then he didn't and so it's still kind of on that like not really ramping it up stage so that's that's a real tricky one where I don't think he's going to make the beginning of the playoffs and it's like when is the right time to throw him in because I think mm-hmm. he'll get there especially if he's been on the ice for like a week or two at this point I think he's like getting better but that one's a real tough one to peg i'd say yeah well unfortunately for darren helm it's starting to feel like and evan you also wrote this in your article that they might just shut him down for the year based on his age and just the the flurry of injuries he's he's dealt with this season you also mentioned that ben myers and dennis mulgan kind of proved that they're going to be really important pieces um, in the event that Helm doesn't uh, make his return, is that just the prognosis for you with Helm that he, he's he's just probably done for the year unless maybe late in the postseason? 
I mean, I, I think that that's me looking in because we, I, I think out of everybody on that list that I published today, mm-hmm. um, there, there's been no updates on Helm other yeah. than the fact that it was announced at the same time as Makari's injury that, you know, lower body, no timeline to return. So, um, I mean, the fact that we haven't heard anything from him or about him, um, you know, for this, the last second half of this trip and the fact of his age and, you mm-hmm. know, what he can bring to the team and, you know, having only played what, not even 15, 20 games, 11, I think it's 11, yeah, total. Exactly. 11 games. Like that's hard for a 36 year old center to come back from and snap into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. tough because the Macar things does seem more precautionary. Like I don't think it's just rest. I think there is something wrong, but it's, like even the national media is starting to mention yeah. a little bit that it's not something like anyone's like worried about. And so mm-hmm. the fact that they went out at the same time, I guess you could say, well, what if he's in the same boat as that? But yeah, yeah, just given the like nobody bothered to clarify about him and his age and that he's barely played this season, that it probably isn't just the same sort of precautionary thing that's happening and so hopefully yeah. with them as much as we home, wish yeah we can get a little bit more clarity i know they hate updates but i just think it's like <laughs> it's unfair to the fans and i think it's unfair to the players like just let people know where these guys are at like if mm-hmm. he's basically being shut down just like tell people that and so it's not it's not fair to just keep asking about him if it's like he's not really making a comeback at this point so hopefully we find out but yeah i agree with you i think I haven't really counted on anything on for Helm this season mm-hmm. and probably shouldn't expect to come back. Well, it's, you it's know, it's a shame too. I mean, yeah, I what mean, you're describing his, is, yeah. is we're reading between the lines pretty much in his situation, yeah. which yep. it's in it, like Evan, you mentioned his age and stuff and, and it's kind of an easy thing to do. So that is unfortunate. Um, and, and speaking of reading between the lines, um, Landis Gog still hasn't skated with the team. Um, but he has been skating for almost a month now. I feel like um, skated, he skated with the team at Eight points. Weeks. Yeah, but but nothing. <laughs> not not okay. Nothing, I, he skated yeah. with the team, but not full on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he's still in a red jersey, obviously. Um, yeah. And so it's pretty clear he's not coming back in the regular season. Um, it's almost. It's also been rumored um, by people that I don't consider reputable sources that he's not going to make it into the first round. Um, either <laughs> do you <laughs> think that that's true um and if that is the case do the avalanche save him for like a game five in the second round or do you want him right away in the first or in the second round hmm i'm gonna i okay because you know i i saw those same reports and i was like hmm. i don't know about that and i think it could kind of go for everybody Report. on this list i know uh yeah. like, i think it, I, it could, I feel like it could go for anybody on this list yeah when it becomes playoff hockey, it's freaking playoff hockey, and you're gonna want to be with with your team and help your team in any way you can. Yeah. Um, and so with that being said, I feel like that these guys on the you know, of course, depending on like how they actually are, of course, like Helm maybe not on that list, but like everyone else, I yeah. feel like they would probably push it for to play in the playoffs. Yeah. Because agreed. it's the NHL playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. So. You know, I would be—I would dare to say that Landis Guy will be back for Game One of the yeah. first round. Uh, I hope I would, that's the case. I, still I know think I would hope be so Game too. Five. I still think I, it'll be Game Five. Yeah. I think the first round will prove a little more difficult than we imagine, 
and it'll be perfect to insert him into the swing game of the series. Get yeah. one for captain at home and win game six and call it cool. Yeah, I mean, th- I, that would that would be why. I mean, that would be yeah. why he'd show up because it would be harder, right? I mean, yeah. it's a it's a different team, as we've already said. Yeah. You know, get a dollar every single time we say it in this episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I, I would, I mean, I would, I don't know about you guys. I would call Landeskog probably at like 70% at most, maybe closer to 60. What um, do you think, Jack? Yeah, I was going to ask what you guys think. Oh, <laughs> well, um, probably don't want to hear my thoughts here because I've like been 10. more <laughs> on the pessimistic side of okay. this Landy thing. Um, and I totally agree. Like, and even Friedman said this on on his show, like you can't ever rule out a hockey player just saying like, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. And I totally believe that he would be the kind of person that yeah, would, for sure. yeah. would oh, do it. But like he hasn't played all year is the problem. Like mm-hmm. a Lekin, like somebody in Lekin's situation says, okay, it's playoffs. It's game one. I'm playing. Like right. I've healed enough. I, let's do this. And like I said, I'm not even sure Manson could be at the point where he's just like, this is good enough. I'm going out there. So okay. Landy, it's just so tough because you can't miss an entire year. And it's like, okay, he's definitely going to be better than whoever he's replacing. So that's not a question, but right. it's just like what you're able to do, the conditioning, you just don't know. And that, that's like a problem. Like he hasn't even been close to it. Like he hasn't had a full team practice or full contact. Like he's still doing just basic, a couple basic drills and then, and then getting off the ice. And so I, at this point, I've always felt like nobody really has the answers. Like he's eight weeks into just like rehabbing and he's not even getting into like game condition and like game speed. And so I just don't think it's a matter of will, unfortunately. And like I said, I totally believe it was about will he would do it, but like his body just isn't there. And I think like, that's a concern because it just seems like they don't know what to do to get it to that point. And I thought it was really interesting that Benar mentioned that, the skate cut that he had. I don't know if we've talked about this um, from the bubble series and oh, then yeah. I randomly mentioned this. So yeah. that kind of maybe started it. And you got to wonder like, is it maybe like loss of feeling, loss of strength? Like mm. something isn't, isn't returning the way it's supposed to. And I know I don't want to get all conspiracy and like get, dash everyone's hopes. Like it would be awesome if he just suddenly showed up. But I just think like, this is a really tough situation. And so I, I just, I just don't, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen at all, but you just really need to see progress to really believe it's going to happen. I guess my question after you, after you, you, you say that is if that's true, no one knows that more than the organization, right? That he's fur- way further away than we're being told. If anyone knows that it's Joe Sackick and yeah. Jared Bednar. So my feeling and Chris McFarland. My feeling is, if that were the case, I guess it's more of a question: Would we see some of the progression we've seen from him in terms of taking trips with the team? Um, like, would we? What would be the point if they're basically like in their mind he's pretty much done? But there is—is is it a matter of keeping him as a potential play so that teams have to potentially prepare for him? Because I almost I feel mean- like. 
it would be better to tell your team what they're going to be getting into rather than drag it on. You know what I mean? Sure. And I also think it's, it's not something you can a hundred percent rule out either. Like, no, for sure. Like it might suddenly like take a step and take another step. I think he went on the team on the trip because everybody did. Like they said, they took a Mm -hmm. bunch of staff. I just think it was like the last road trip. Everyone was coming it's good for him to be around the team. You know, they needed to win those games to be there for Miko and, and McKinnon's milestones. So for that reason, I think it made sense that he went. I don't think he went because he was, like, close. Gotcha. Um, and, and also to skate more with, like, the staff and everything probably was helpful. But okay. um, it just seems like the sense that nobody really knows. I, I, I don't think the organization knows for sure he's not playing but it's also true in the playoff times, why do you want your opponent to know either way either? Yeah. So they, yeah. they probably will keep it pretty coy, even if yeah. they feel like he's not anywhere close either. Yeah. Well, speaking of keeping it coy and not being anywhere near close, it's bold prediction time. <laughs> that was a good transition. I like that one. <laughs> uh, so last week, Evan, your bold prediction, um, you said that, Andrew Cogliano would score two goals, and that was mm-hmm. – I'm so sorry, but you were close. I was, I was close. I was going to say I, I I, did get that, like, it would be a gritty game in L.A. and that they'd have to fight for a win, and they did that, and I just picked the wrong guy to score two goals. Um, <laughs> so, ugh, I was almost there. I was almost there. <laughs> you just picked the wrong guy to score two goals. I, I wish you could, just... wish you could ride into like betting sites and say, "God, I, I just picked the wrong guy." I picked I the wrong guy. Curtis McDermott <laughs> to start the game. <laughs> um, Jackie, your prediction was that Alex Newhook would get a game-winning goal, but if I remember correct, you started it with just a goal. I so... know. I was gonna say, and it was going to be the game-winning goal. I think it was the second goal in LA. And when the Avs gave up one, I was like, "Oh, he's got the game-winning goal right now." Right. So, well, it was it was close. I'll give you the, it, yeah. give you the ding, and I'll give yeah. you the buzzer. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were right about your first one. You thought he was going to get a goal, but you were you were like, "I don't think that's bold enough." I think he's going to get a game winner. Yeah, but you were... it didn't feel bold enough. But he hadn't scored in like twenty games, so it was. Right. I think it does deserve a little credit, but yeah, like getting, I, I was getting him to score in and of itself. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's but yeah it. i'm happy he did i'm happy he have did it go. being the game winning goal would have been nice though yeah. i was like oh come on he had it he's right there yeah thank well and it's previously who mentioned the, who scored the third goal thank you to whoever instead i forget who it was third goal third goal hunt was it hunt yes thank you brad thank you brad brad hunt <laughs> which another one at bet mgm did I just picked the wrong guy. It was Brad Hunt that was going <laughs> to score. Yeah, I say that's a bold uh, prediction right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Jacob mentioned that uh, JoJo was going to get a shutout, but um, that guy did not end up playing for the Colorado Avalanche. So that was not a correct bold prediction. So that leads us to this week's round of bold predictions. And I will let Jackie do the honors. Jackie, what's your bold prediction? Um, Let's see. My bold prediction is that McKinnon and Ranton will outscore double what McDavid and Dreisaitl score. This week? Yeah. I mean, in the game that they've played each other. Okay, so they double up 
point total yeah. wise, the matchup of Dreisaitl yeah. and, and McDavid. I like that one. I would love That's, that. You know, I wonder if if Makar is day to day, and if you want to see where he's at, if you bring him back against the Oilers, and even if that means playing him a little less than you would typically in that game, but just to see exactly where he's at. I don't necessarily think that that's a bad idea, but mm. we can talk about that next time. <laughs> I'd be I'd be worried about one Evander Kane. That's oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, but it would give is him he... like a week off if it's still yeah. doesn't feel amazing. It would give him maybe like a week off. So exactly. I think that's a fair fair theory there. Yeah. Okay, and then um, Evan, let's hear your almost bold prediction. <laughs> I like yeah. you already. You're already calling it for me. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm debating of going down one or two routes. Um, okay, there's there's a good route and there's a bad route, um, but I'm going to go down the good route and I'll save the bad route for the omens uh, okay. to just take that one away from me and flush it out of my mind. Gotcha. Um, I already talked about him a little bit um, in this show. Um, talking about wanting to see him perform um, and, you know, put some points on the board and really get going, especially because of the playoffs, I'll be looking for him to perform. This man goes by Evan. No, <laughs> not me. Uh, Evan Rodriguez. Uh, I say he gets at least one point in every game this week. In um, every game. Wow. Yeah. I won't, that I won't, I won't, I won't say goal or assist. Okay. Um, even a I'll point. Just, I I'll just say three point. game point streak basically. Yeah. yeah. And the season. I would, I would like go that. a long way I would, with confidence. I would sure. totally accept that, and that would help with his contract talks too. Exactly. Good point. Well, that leaves just me since I'm going to participate this week since it's just the three of us, um, and I haven't thought about this at all. But I will say my bold prediction is that the Colorado Avalanche win the Central Division and the Edmonton Oilers win the Western Conference. It's my wow. The second half of that is definitely bold. That like contradicts like mine, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So Oilers win West, Avs win Central. So I can I can already hear Oilers fans. Oh, we won the West. We're so much better than you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Send, you you know Avs Twitter. You know what gift to send. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> you, you know what gift to send. You know what to do. Mm-hmm. Just do it and send it fast. <laughs> and yes, that was a good goal. No, that wasn't a high stick. And how dare you Canadians challenge that? How dare you? That is not in the spirit of the sport you invented. Come on, <laughs> goal's a goal. <laughs> anyway, thank you folks so much for tuning in. This has been the Mile High Hockey Lab. I'm Adrian Hernandez. I'm here with Jackie K and Evan Liu. We have been talking Colorado Avalanche hockey. If you enjoy this broadcast, please Don't forget to like and subscribe, share with your fellow Avalanche fans, and head over to Spotify, iTunes, and Audible as every single broadcast is available in its recorded form via your favorite podcast platform. We got Avs and Oilers coming up tomorrow night. You know, we've laid it out, the Dreisaitl and McDavid versus McKinnon and Rantanen show, but in reality, there are four forwards, four lines of forwards, and three lines of defenders, and that's really what it comes down to, especially against a team like the Avs. So hopefully the Avs can come out on top, and hopefully Dallas loses to Detroit tonight and the Wild lose to Chicago. We're signing off from the Mile High Hockey Lab. Go Avalanche. Mile High Hockey Lab. 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 L